Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to Wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the Total Financial Hour Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Hey, welcome to the show, the total financial hour. I'm Eric Halby. Thanks for being with us this hour of the program. Let's talk about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, and it doesn't end when you say, I'm retired. It doesn't end when the store uh, is closed and the flowers are delivered and the gold watch is on your hand. Uh, you still have, in some cases, debt. And I like debt. Debt is a part of life. When I say I like debt, you say, oh my gosh, uh, those other hosts say debt's evil. I always say it depends. It depends. You have debt on your house. Oh, that's different. Okay, well, let's, let's call it an office building. <laughs> you spend $10 million on an office building. And maybe it costs you $100,000 a month, right? That's a lot of, oh my gosh, $100,000 a month. But it brings in $150,000 a month in income. Is debt good or bad? It just is. Depends on what you do with it. It depends on how you manage it. It depends if other people are going to work to pay for it. I like those things. I like that part of debt when other people are working hard to make sure your debt is paid. So don't always think debt is bad or good. Uh, Listen, if you're going to to go to the grocery store and put it on credit card or a restaurant and put it on credit card, you're going to eat, digest the food uh, long before the first payment is due on that. I don't like that kind of debt. There is no value anymore. The, The value is gone. So keep that in mind, right? Good debt, bad debt, there's a difference. If you can't manage it, and a lot of the philosophies come from kind of protecting yourself from yourself. You, you, you have built a reputation of not managing debt properly, right, in your life. You know it, not me. You've built a reputation of trying to figure out how to uh, buy things and, and you go from 0% credit card to 0% credit card to six month, uh, 60 months, same as cash when you buy a car. Those aren't financial strategies, right? You're the pawn. You're the pawn in the financial story because the, the, the credit card companies, the car dealerships, their job is to sell you a car. So if there's a $50,000 car and they're going to give you $50,000 worth of value and it's going to give you what? Nothing back except the car. And you say, well, I, I'm going to be borrowing money. Well, that's fine. They'll just charge you 53000 for the $50,000 car and say, see, no interest. No interest on the $53,000 car. Or you can do 50000 and pay interest. In other words, they're not going, they would be out of business if they gave you the car and let you hold $50,000 and pay us in the next five years. So don't be crazy in this world thinking that you've got them. <laughs> I tricked them. No, their idea is managing your financial life where you're making them wealthy, not yourself. So keep that in mind as we talk about your financial life here on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Hey, I was with uh, Larry Elder recently. We were talking about financial stuff, and he asked me some questions. Hey, what do you think about uh, this and the economy? When we went over some ideas, one of the things that he said that's brilliant is he said, you know, you realize that in in some communities, this information that, that, that I was presenting and that I was speaking about, he said it's not available. It, it was never available when he was growing up in their neighborhood, certainly not when his father was growing up. If you ever read his book, it's an incredible book, Dear Father, Dear Son. You know, part of life is experiences, learning from them, not carrying around the baggage. But let me tell you, if you have a chance to pick up that book, I don't care what your background is like. You're going to find your father, your mother's relationship in there. And it's nice to hear a common sense approach, a realistic approach that is that is also true to the emotion that happens when there's a relationship. And money isn't any different. 
a lot of times the reason that fathers are absent, I'm going to speak traditionally, but mothers, you're in the same boat, especially a single mother household. A lot of the reasons that mothers and their fathers are absent is because they're trying to financially prepare for the kids. And when you become a kid and when you become an adult and you used to be the kid that, that saw that mom and dad just didn't care about showing up to my baseball games. No, do you not understand guys? I mean, maybe mentally you get it, but emotionally it killed them inside to not be there. Their job was to provide for you so that they had a choice, show up at the game and be homeless or miss the game or the recital or the back to school night or the open house and provide you a chance at a college education, clean clothes so you're not made fun of at school, shoes that that are at least close to being trendy and reasonably new so that you didn't have the, the social stigma that came from being the poor kid. Look, all of us grew up differently. But I'm going to count on a, a basic premise here, that most of you grew up with moms and dads that loved and cared for you. Not everybody, I get it. But most of you did. And that manifests itself in a lot of different ways because we are not taught how to be parents. We aren't. We are taught to, to say, this is how I raised you. Take the good, leave the bad, do the best you can. Now you've got a whole different set of financial, emotional, relationship pressures, and good luck with that. So keep in mind, folks, that, that financially speaking, when you become an adult and now you're retired and you're getting down that road of at least preparing for retirement, the last thing you want is to have an emotional reaction, thinking that the only way to preserve it is to take great risks. The only way to be rich, to, be, to have the shoes, the cars, the house, the boat, whatever it is that you want, is to take amazing financial risk. Sometimes having the first floor of safety, having that foundation of just in case, you, you realize that social security and your pension, if you're fortunate to still have a pension, those are annuities. Those are based on a financial formula that says we're going to give you a guaranteed income stream so that no matter what, you're going to have money coming in forever. You know, that's important that you realize that because for most people, you don't have that option. Today, it's what 80% of Americans don't even have a pension. That means they are their own pension. They're going to receive Social Security if it's still there. The Democrats haven't run it into the ground. You heard me speak about uh, on this program, and I've done 14, over 14 years, almost 15 years of radio. 3,000 programs, I think, was our last count. Seems like that's a lot. But in this period of time, you've heard me mention that the only way to fix the economy, your California state pension, your union pension, your pension with the city, state, it doesn't matter, government, the only way to fix it is one of three things uh, has to happen most likely and, and most probably all three on some percentage. Depends on who's in office, depends on uh, what the political wins are. But the only way to fix the pension system is if one or all of these three things happen. Number one, they're going to have to reduce benefits. Now, that is not an easy conversation to have with somebody who retired seven years ago and who now says, oh, surprise, uh, your uh, Pension used to be 5000 a month. Now it's 3100 That's the only way they're going to fix this is they're going to have to reduce some of the pension. Now, they'll probably inflate the currency, not they, meaning the government, the system, the economy, is going to inflate the currency. They've done it with Social Security. right? Wages go up. Wages are what's taxed. That goes to fill in Social Security. But what they're paying you stays the same or goes down with inflation, right? So in other words, by raising minimum wage, by raising wages, by growing the economy, more money goes into Social Security. But they are not paying the benefits. If you've been taking Social Security as a payment for the last year, two, ten, whatever, you've noticed that it's not gone up very much at all in some cases. Or if it has, it has gone up $100. Medicare has gone up 100 So it comes in the front door, goes out the back door, bye-bye. So they're going to have to inflate the currency and inflate wages. No question about that. The third thing they're going to have to do is they're going to have to do something very, very important, which is grow the United States economy. They have to. They have to grow the economy in such a way so that it doesn't matter as much if 
the dollars inside Social Security are low, right? In other words, we're going to run out of money in 2033 because we are putting in and piling in massive amounts of dollars. Three and a half, four percent growth rate. You, you guys, look at President Obama. He he was not somebody shy in the media. In fact, he thought the media was, was his friends. Of course, they picked on him now and again, but very rarely. Look at the Media Research Institute. You'll see exactly how much of a percentage-wise there were bad stories, negative stories against President Obama. Very rarely. And the quotes from him, you don't have to look at. You can pull it up on 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 the internet. If you think you're going to grow the U.S. economy at 3%, how's he going to do it? Is he just going to pull it out of the air? Not going to happen. Never going to happen. What is he, making up stuff? Never going to happen. And, of course, we've had 4% growth rates. This year will probably come in for the entire year. I bet we'll come pretty darn close to 4.1 when you, when you have the entire 2018 Now, just so you understand what 4.1 is, it, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. I understand. But it's double, double the growth rate, meaning wages are growing at record numbers, double the growth rate of President Obama's economy. And he had eight years to fix it. He had eight years to figure it out. So what he says is, oh, well, I was dealt a really tough hand. Every president has a problem. Some have a problem, have problems in in Latin America, like President Bush or Ronald Reagan. Some have problems with Russia and the Soviet Union, like Bill Clinton and the economic problems that came from that. Some have problems in Afghanistan and Iraq, like President Obama and the economy. And President Trump, just like the next president after him, is going to have and has had problems with the economy and with the international. It isn't a secret, you guys. Don't let them try to say that, oh, well, well, President Obama's policies, those weren't the problem. The problem was the, just the timing of his presidency. That isn't true. Just do the math. Dig past page one of your internet searches. And by the way, start searching other places besides Google. We now know that they are shadow banning and they are filtering out ideas and politics. And uh, instead of just being factual, they are, are doing their dog whistle their progressive dog whistle against conservatives. Prager University is a great example. You know, YouTube and Google purposely make up stories. They lie. It isn't even, they're not even ashamed anymore, right? It used to be when you were a kid and you were caught in a lie. Oh, I'm so sorry. I feel bad. You feel yucky. It's, it's a horrible thing. You have that guilt that comes over you. You apologize. They don't even feel that anymore because to them, Ask Ayn Rand, <laughs> to them, it's the greater good. The greater good is progressive ideas. The greater good is what we are service, uh, serving. You guys, that is a communist, a socialist idea. You want somebody to explain to you, ask somebody an immigrant from the Soviet Union. Ask somebody who's an immigrant from Venezuela, Cuba, Vietnam, China. I don't mean today, right? They're, they're going capitalist and we're going communist they're, or, or socialist. They're going capitalist in their economic system and we're moving more towards a socialist system. Bizarre. Who would ever think? And so when that happens and your idea is to financially retire and not have to go back to work and you don't want to change your financial life, remember the only way they're going to save these pension systems or social security is to reduce the benefit. They're going to do it probably by not giving you pay raises and maybe even cutting back pensions. They're probably going to have to cut back. I don't know. I pick 75% because that's probably a safe number. That means you're going to, you were getting 4,000 a month in a paycheck and now it's going to be 3000. They've done it to numerous pensions across the country, numerous cities, county, states, union pensions, airlines. They've cut what you were getting in a dollar figure right off the top. You're going to see inflation in the currency. You're going to see increased contributions. So if you are somebody who is uh, newer to that career field, a new educator, a new police officer, you're going to see an increased amount in pensions. You have to look. Look, we have a community college in, in the area that I live where the, the community college 
I, I didn't say Stanford or UCLA, community college. And you have the chancellor making $400,000 a year. It isn't as if they're making a widget or they educate a young person and then they go out next week and now put more money into taxes. It takes a while for that person to get through the system, to create wealth, to pay more in tax. $400,000 and a pension, a pension that is 30 grand a month as a government employee. Full medical, $30,000 a month. One person in one community college district. You need to ask yourself, and these are all the folks that vote progressives, by the way. I don't know any of them that are conservative. Now, why? Because they think big government, as long as it benefits them, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think we should take from you to give to me. Who doesn't think that? I'll take two, please. And, and one to go. Who doesn't think that's a good idea? Well, a level-headed, honest, reasonable person who has a guilt uh, conscious conscience would think twice about that. But, but not always the case. So how do we keep the floor? How do we protect it so that in retirement, we're not in a place where we have to run backwards financially? Realize the guaranteed income sources from Social Security and pensions are probably going to be affected, especially if you're in your 60s, maybe if you're in your early 70s, depending on when they, when they jump on this. Now, if certain folks are in office, they'll do uh, one area maybe more than another. If other folks are in office, they'll do another area more than another. But I think they're going to have to do one of all three. And note, all of these income sources need to be some sort of inflation adjusted. Now, if they are not... We just turn on another source of income. In other words, if you have money sitting aside, I'm just going to use $100,000, let's say, in three buckets. Okay, You can add more or less zeros, whatever you want to do. But $100,000 in three buckets. When one of those is giving you an income stream each and every month and inflation starts to pick up and maybe they're not increasing your Social Security or your pension is taking a pay cut, that second $100,000 that's been sitting there percolating for a few years, five, six, eight years, whatever, we turn that one on, and now that starts to give you a guaranteed income stream. So in other words, you still have the 100000 that came right away, and now you turn on the second one. So you have both of those machines kicking out money for you. And maybe 10 or 12 or 15 years later, same thing happens, we turn on the third. So what we're doing is, the and, and at any time you say, give me all my money, you could take your money out. You might pay a fee if you pull out more earlier, right, because they all have time horizons with them. But if you pull out, but, but even if it's sitting in the market, you're paying a fee. Here, you're just paying a fee if you pull out more than 10% a year or more than 5% a year, depending on the account. And it's only for the first five or 10 years, depending on what you choose. So the concept of having to take care of yourself financially is real. It's, it's alive. You still want to take the rest of your money and go out and play risk games? No problem. You want to buy that stock, invest in your son-in-law's new business. You want to uh, invest in that retirement uh, portfolio that, that buys apartment buildings. I don't care. We've protected you and your spouse's income forever. That's the second. That's, that, that's a very important part. Because once there's a sufficient floor in place, you can focus on other accounts that have great upside potential. Wonderful. But don't go to the same person whose job it is to risk your money and ask them about protecting my money. Those are two different people. They're not bad. One isn't bad or good. Your cardiologist isn't, as good, isn't bad or good than, than your uh, liver doctor or your urologist or your podiatrist. They're all doctors. They each have a specialty. We are the specialist in safety. My job is to protect your wealth, not to grow your wealth at massive numbers, but to get reasonable gains. Our job is to keep you from being broke. So there's some good guys out there that are, that are good in the risk world. That's their job. That's their purpose. Take big risk. Take big gambles. Maybe hit home runs. But don't ask them an opinion on safety. They just, it's not their thing. I mean, you follow me? I wouldn't go to my podiatrist and say, hey, so what do you think about uh, my heart, right? You, you, didn't you take at least one course? In medical school 26 years ago on, on cardiology, yeah. You, you have a doctor. You're wearing a white coat. The nurse is in the front. I saw her. Doctor, what do you think? And she's going to tell you something very simple. 
she's going to say, first of all, did you not see the door? Said podiatry. I'm not your cardiologist, but I have a great, here's a list of amazing cardiologists. You should give them a call. So every professional knows their limitations. If you have a professional who only makes money by keeping your money, right? If the, if the stock bond financial expert only makes a profit because they keep your money and that's how they grow their, your wealth is by growing their own wealth. And if you lose, well, too bad then keep in mind that you cannot trust their opinion on safety because either they think they know more than they do or they're trying to protect you from, well, protect themselves from losing their boat payment or their car payment because that's what you represent to them. If you say, listen, I'm going to risk money with you. I'm good with that. What is the safe withdrawal rate from a portfolio? If it has volatility, if you did not do my three buckets or two buckets, whatever, you know, the, the concept of safety, if you didn't do the three bucket deal and you put everything in the market, well, when the market goes up, oh my gosh, you're pulling out nothing but profits. I like it. When the market goes down, you're selling and having to take out your principal. There really isn't a formula that says, here's a safe withdrawal rate if you have a volatile portfolio. A truly safe withdrawal rate is unknown, it's unknowable, it just doesn't exist, and retirees only receive one opportunity. If you are putting your money at risk, you're only going to get one shot. Because if it goes down in value and you're trying to pull money out to live on, then you either have to wait for the market to come back before you touch money, or you're going to run out a lot sooner than you thought. That's why it used to be a 5% withdrawal rate. And then when the volatility kicks in, when the market is doing crazy things, they said, oh, it's four and a half, four and a half percent. If you pull four and a half percent, you're going to be fine. Today, I'm hearing 4%, meaning if you have $100,000 in that account and it's in the market, if you want to pull out 4% a year, I'm okay with that. That means you pull out $4,000 a year. That's a hard thing to do when you are trying to build your retirement life. And you say, but I thought I could live on more money. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it just isn't enough for you to live on. So keep in mind that your family's success, your success, has to have some level of security. All right. Income annuities. Here's what they do. They're very simple. Stay away from, in my opinion, variable annuities or any annuities that have fees. You don't have to pay them. Oh, well, I need an income guarantee with a... Well, every annuity is an income annuity. That's how it was built. That's the, that's the definition. It's like saying, I, I bought a car and I'm paying extra for the tires to roll and move and turn. Like, well, but that's part of a car. A car actually has wheels. It actually rolls. That's its job. So an annuity's job is to provide an income stream for you. Any extra fees on top of that, those are things that purposely, in my opinion, are either done with an um, insecure, ignorant financial professional as your guide or just maybe, just maybe somebody who's not really clear on how the formula works. And that's okay if they want to play risk games, but not okay if they're in charge of your retirement account. All right, we're going to be back in just a couple minutes. I want to get into a few ideas. One of those is how to build a financial life with a small amount of money. When, when I say small amount, I don't mean you know $5,000, but for a lot of people, you come and you say, Eric, if I have 350, can I build a financial life off of 200, 400, 600? The answer is yes. It's all a function of how you live. It's all a function of how much you spend. So it isn't a secret. And I like multiple sources of income in retirement. Multiple sources of income give me this. Four, five, let's say five. His social security, her social security. All right, that's fine. A rental property, if you have one, that's a great idea. Make sure the expenses are low. Retirement accounts that are coming from safety, from company A and company B, that's a great idea. Maybe a pension, his or hers, that's a great idea. So multiple sources of income, stock market, well, that's a good one too. Dividends, that's great. Keeping in mind that your multiple sources of income are going to be designed to not be what's called correlated. That means when one goes up, the other one doesn't, I don't want it to go up. I want 
One goes down, one goes up. In other words, when it's time to pull money out of retirement, we're not pulling it out of all the same bucket at the same time. All right? Grab your pen and paper. We're going to get into just a a formula. I'm going to give you a general idea. I think this is a a helpful number. What is it going to take to retire? Do you have enough money? Here's some good examples when we come back. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is AM870, The Answer. Your Total Financial Hour is here every week at this time. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Strategy. I'll retire comfortably thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, welcome back. Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Thanks for staying with us. Your financial life is built on a few things. The Total Financial Solutions is our, our job is to help you kind of manage the safety part of your retirement account. Uh, figure out the formula. You, you're going to come to us with a number. You're, we work with your CPA, with your financial advisor. Our job is to be that person that says, here's a guarantee, and we're not going to play games. I, I think when I see this game that, uh, that a lot of these financial guys will play, meaning you try to say, hey, I want to move my money to safety. Well, I can't. Yeah, you understand. the. Well, no, 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 buddy. Look, if I move my money to safety, it means you don't get paid a fee. Is that true? Just answer the question. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but just answer the question. And well, as you know, the answer is true. If your money's in the money market account or you've left uh, the the risk world, they don't get to charge a fee. That's a big number. That's a problem that you and I have because in their world, there is no incentive to keep your money safe. So what is some of the issues that we're talking about in reality? Life without a retirement savings does not look good. It's, an, it's a life of never-ending work. Still alive at 76, there's a Roberta Gordon. Uh, it's an article, folks, that we found in The Atlantic. She lives out in uh, Corona, California. The Atlantic talks about how she didn't plan on working this late in life. One of the things that you need to, to look at is part of the, the, the process of, of your retirement life. Sometimes... Your children are there for you, and they need to be. I don't care if they move to a different house and you rent a room from them or you live in a room from them. I don't, I don't mind if they all pitch in $100 a month to help offset some of your costs. Whatever it is, it's usually family that's there for us. But here's a growing issue that I have found. Whether it's an adverse selection, right, meaning the ones that have problems or, or safety concerns or protections or want guaranteed sources of income, the just-in-case, come to me. We are seeing a lot of women that chose the professional route, so they didn't have children. Or they might have had one child, and maybe they're not talking to that child. But the old idea of having a big family that sat around and took care of everybody and go downstairs to your auntie and she'll give you a uh, you know, she'll watch you while I go to the to the market, or go upstairs to your grandma's house, or go down the street to to your cousins. Those kinds of ideas of working with each other and kind of offsetting the the role of taking care of each other that's gone. Especially today, when a lot of people have moved far away. We used to live within just a few miles of of the same neighborhood that we grew up in. Today, people are living, they get a job in Seattle, their son has a job in Denver, their daughter's a job in in New York. It spreads the family out. And because the selfishness, even if you tried to raise your children properly, they are bombarded with the selfishness of it's about me. Take care of me. Forget about you. That's your problem. It's not my problem. Just because you didn't, it's not my problem. And you start to see as people really get to this place they realize that they have to go back to work. 
Every Saturday, this uh, Miss Gordon goes down to the local grocery store and hands out samples, earning $50 a day because she needs the extra money. She never thought she was going to work again. A lot of folks have retired to the Inland Empire because it's just less expensive to live. And here she has to do things like being a housekeeper and, and a home health aide and a telemarketer, a librarian. She helps as a fundraiser. Many times in her life, she didn't have a steady, a steady job that actually paid into Social Security or she didn't make enough to actually make a big difference. So here she is earning $915 a month. Sometimes when you are married or you choose not to stay married or uh, your spouse passes away at an early age and you didn't have children, you, you need a backup plan, folks. And I bring this up to ladies because usually the guy has worked enough to where their social security check maybe is closer to, to 2000 even 3000 a month. Her rent, which, is in, uh, which she has had to cover solo since her roommate died in August, is 1040 a month. 100%, in fact, 110% of the money that she makes goes to pay her rent. Credit cards to fill the gap goes to church food pantries. If you think that's somebody else down the street, it isn't. You guys, these are normal, everyday, decent human beings that may have to live in retirement on much less money than they thought. Throw out of your mind this crazy idea that don't worry, you're going to have less expenses in retirement. Maybe. But the whole healthcare system has been thrown upside down. Go to restaurants in some cities, and on the bill, it says health insurance fee. Like, what the heck? What am I paying health insurance fee for? Well, that's for the employees. That's so that it's a fair chance for the food and wait staff to have health insurance. When did that become my problem? I don't own the restaurant. I didn't choose to work at a restaurant that doesn't have health insurance. You guys go figure that out on your own. If you want to raise the, the food prices, and then I'll say, yes, it's worth eating here, or no, it's not. If you want to not work there, that's your business. Because you chose to be a food server at a restaurant that doesn't have health insurance, that isn't the problem of, of, of me, right? Somebody else who, who has made a choice. Now, in your socialist mind, you can think it is. Well, I, I can't argue feelings. I can argue math, logic. That's simple. One plus one is two. I can argue the decency of taking care of human beings. Well, that's first family, then church, then charity, before the government. The progressives on the left think the government is the first choice. You just go to work, mind your little business, get your little uh, you, you know, chip implanted. Remember you guys used to call those people conservatives? Oh, uh, the, the, the crazies? Crazy conservatives! Wacky conspiracy, you know, the 666, the chip on their hand, their wrist. What are they doing now? They're exactly doing that. In fact, there's a little tattoo that you can get on your skin that has your entire health history. It's like a, a barcode scanner. And it's updated and it takes them right to the internet so you can be unconscious instead of those bracelets that has, hey, I'm a diabetic and here's my issues or whatever. It's a tattoo you get on your chest or on your arm, constantly updated, real time. Here's what my problems are. Here's what my latest numbers are. If you think it's worth it, get it, I guess. I probably wouldn't be standing in line for that. Wealthy individuals may live, may be able to live, I should say, on far less at 70, than 70% of their pre-retirement income because their food, shelter, clothing is covered. This lady who... who retired and who's now in her 70s is not living on on 70% of her income, you guys. She can't even live on minus 10% of her income. I think you need to figure this out. I'm going to give you a formula. Grab a pen. You need to save. And even if it means you're going to work full time for another 10 years, right? That's okay. 60 to 70, 65 to 75. And all you're going to do during that period of time is bank money, save, save. Why? Well, if you're not going to turn on Social Security because you're working, then fantastic if the numbers work for you. But if you can't afford to save in retirement, then consider taking Social Security early and still working, right? 65, turn it on, work till 75. And that's the money you use to pay off debt. 
that's the money you use to build your savings and retirement account so that you have real cash. Oh, air off my taxes. Listen, this is not a perfect world. You don't get to eat a chocolate cake and not gain a pound, right? There's, there's a formula here, folks. It's a surprise. You don't get to watch all your football games on Saturday and not have to get up to use a restroom once, right? I mean, there's a, there's a plus minus, yin and yang. Yes, you've pulled money out of your social security. You're going to pay taxes, but you have money saved because the problem to solve is not to reduce your taxes. Very important. How I operate is something. What's the problem to solve? Don't make new problems. Address the ones that are there. Once we address the ones that are there, I'm going to say, here's how you solve this problem. Now, there's other things that are created, right? When we call your CPA and he says, well, I'm sorry, you have a higher uh, income tax. All right, well, we deal with it. When we call your stockbroker and she says, well, you know, uh, we're going to be, okay, well, then we deal with it. But if the problem to solve is that you don't have money saved for retirement, then yes, you're going to work more. If you don't have children or you don't have good children that are going to take care of you, and I say good because I think that is a decent thing to do. I was raised differently. Then you have to look at two things. Build uh, build 200000 I think $200,000 in retirement is a nice start. We separate it into two accounts. 100000 and a hundred. And when you retire, that first hundred thousand dollars is designed to give you income between five hundred and seven hundred dollars a month for the first, for the next five years. Maybe you're still working, maybe you need the funds, maybe you don't, whatever. The next five years, right, five to ten, you turn on the other account. And that gives you about five or six hundred or seven hundred dollars a month. So together, it's around $1,200 by the time I do the math. About $1,200 a month that lasts forever as long as you're alive, right? Figure we're going to turn it on at $75. you have saved $200,000 over the last 15, 20 years, however long you can. And that $200,000 now has a job. The job is giving you an income stream that you cannot outlive and will be there forever. It might be $1,200 a month. It might be 1000 a month. could be 1500 But the $2,000 or 200000 that $200,000 that you saved is now as a job. It's kicking out income. So do the math and, and double it. Right now you're at 400000 Well, at four hundred, what are we going to do? You're going to increase that number. You're still going to have 500 maybe $800 a month coming in between zero and five, and then five to 10, and then 10 for the rest of your life. You can increase those opportunities. You can have money for emergencies, lump sums. Hi, I want to take $3,000 out and take a cruise. Hi, I want to take you know, you know, $16,000 and put a new roof on the house. Great. You have $100,000 whose job it is is to give you an income stream in case of an emergency or a lump sum in case of an emergency. So, Keeping it very simple. I don't think it has to be all of this complicated triangle ladder of, of uh, allocations based on the, the formulas designed in, by Harvard MBAs. Ask Miss Gordon, who delivers samples at a grocery store, if she even gives a, a, a care about what a Harvard MBA's efficient frontier study of a balanced portfolio theory How about, how much do I have? How much do I make? And what are the fees for me to get there? How about something like that? Because you and I don't necessarily care about all of those things, right? I mean, we do because it's my job. I'm a financial professional. My job for the last 22 years is to work in your financial life. But I didn't realize this at the beginning. At the beginning, I used big words because that's what I was taught. In the, in the beginning, I used a fancy charts, graphs, pie charts, uh, one of those little you know, graphs that show you, here's a 17-page financial pro, uh, plan. And this is the thing that, that really uh, hurts the feelings of a financial planner. I would come to your house as a financial planner or you'd come to my office. And I had it in a, in a blue folder. It was like a, a royal blue, so it, was, it stood out. 
with a clear cover and a royal blue back, royal blue binding. You could see it. I could see it in a stack of papers. I knew exactly where my financial plan was. And if I would happen to either come to your house or you'd come to the office and you'd bring a whole, if you even brought it with you, by the way, that only happened about half the time. But if I'd go to your house, I'd say, okay, let's bring out the financial plans. Take a look and see where we are. <laughs> and you go, gosh, it's around here somewhere. I go, huh? And you'd look underneath the, the used car sales newspapers. You'd look underneath the furniture store discounts for this weekend, the Memorial Day sale paperwork, the newspapers, and oh, there it is. Right next to the latest election propaganda. You guys, you, you never opened it. You probably didn't understand it, or if you did, you were busy. So what I started realizing is that when you would show up to my office with your notebook, most most people, not, not everybody, certainly didn't understand the whole thing and probably never really looked at it that often. And the financial advisor who spent maybe an hour, half hour, two hours, whatever, building it, because the software does a lot of it for us. We just enter the data. Don't, don't think that they're doing any kind of real work. We entered into the system, and when it came out, I would sit there and, man, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, neat. I'd have a whole... It was exciting to me because it was my field. It didn't matter to you. You're like, eh. And then one day a client said to me, uh, as I was going over, like this was a huge deal. We were changing their financial life. It was a big deal. It was big numbers uh, worth a million dollars plus. I mean, it was a big, big number. We sat down and the wife had gotten up and, and went out to the restroom, comes back. And she said, you know, are we going to be done here in a minute because we have soccer practice for the kids? And I went, oh my gosh. And it hit me. Five minutes after I leave, this thing goes right back into the pile. You were kind and polite to me, so that's nice. And whether you leave my office and you put it in the back seat of the car not to see it for a week until you get a car wash, or you just put it on the, on the kitchen counter and bury it once I leave, I found out that people cared about just a few things. How much do I have? What does it cost me? How much did I make? And when can I take my money out? And how much can I receive? All of the correlation and the other craziness, that benefits your financial professional. It does not benefit you. Maybe the end result might. If you're lucky, great, you win. And maybe there are some really good guys out there that just know what the daylights they're doing and they're not getting themselves in a mess, financially speaking. Because most of you don't have a background in finances. You're good at what you do. Your job is going to make you wealthy. Look, Warren Buffett said this. This is pretty amazing. Warren Buffett said, uh, you know, people ask, oh, what's the trick to wealth? What's the secret to success? You know, the questions that people would ask, uh, all different things, financially related. And he was speaking and he said, the number one decision that you can make that determines your wealth is who your spouse is. I thought, wow. So immediately the guys look at the wives and say, shopping, shopping. And the husbands uh, or, and the wives look at the husband and say, you lazy bum, you should have been an executive vice president by now. You should have gone to law school, right? No, no, no. That's not what I mean by selecting your spouse. The way you look at money is very important. And if you see money as something to be avoided or a necessary evil, right? I've heard those terms. Then don't be surprised that you can't figure it out. Don't be surprised. Who wants to deal with something that is bad or dirty or wrong or evil? Right? It's like being in a group of teenagers or high school kids. Who wants to be a millionaire? Everybody raises their hand. Why? Because they think that equals stuff. Who wants more stuff? Who wants nicer stuff? Everybody raises their hand. But when you say, who wants to be wealthy and successful, meaning you're going to sacrifice, you're going to go to college, maybe you're going to go to school, maybe you're going to work in sales, maybe you're going to be away from your family and spend nights in hotels as you try to build your company, your business, your, oh, wait, wait, did you say success? Uh, can I have a job, please? Right? A lot of people forget that your wealth is determined by what you do, because that's the second thing he said, the career you choose. Who your spouse is, number one, the career you choose, number two. 
You know, we have, uh, like most places in L.A., you have uh, homeless folks that are out front and begging for money. And yesterday I'm at the office and a, a guy is out front with the sign. And I said, uh, as I walked up to him, I said, look, you shouldn't be here. Well, of course, he, he can legally be there. It's a sidewalk right, or street. I said, you should be working. Do you want you want money? He looked at me. I said, do you want money? He said, yes. I said, I would never give you money and disrespect you as a man for just giving you money as to exist. It's disgusting, you guys. It's degrading to the human condition. And he said, all I want is loose change. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $5. His eyes got really big. I said, but the block in front of my office, from that corner to this corner, you have to pick up the trash from the, that corner to this corner. And when you do, you and I will walk, you knock on my office door because I'm, I'm on a main street, but it's a Saturday, so the door's closed. So I said, you knock on the office door. When I come out, we'll walk together. And if you got it all, I'll give you $5. He said, you got it, sir. Folks, if I could have captured that moment of excitement that somebody actually respected him. If I could capture that moment of a man who had his shoulders back and his chin was up and not his head tilted forward with his hands outstretched. If I could have captured that and, and thrown that in the face of some of these progressive liberals that think the answer is just more, more free stuff. Listen, I didn't ask him to be an architect to design the next World Trade Center. I didn't ask him to give me a, a financial plan. You know, I didn't ask him to say, hey, uh, wh- how do you think the best use of a, of a laundromat's... Pr- what? You start there. I used to pick up trash. For two years, I did. The, when I was seven, uh, 18, the year that I was 18 years old that summer and the summer that I was 19. My job on Saturday and Sunday was to go to a, a, a picnic area where people had company... Uh, picnics, company parties, Saturdays and Sundays. And after they all left was to have one of those burlap sacks and uh, a, somebody put a nail in the in the bottom of this piece of like a broomstick and I put the sack across my shoulder and I picked it up, put it in, picked it up, put it in. Sometimes I just went down and picked it up, of course. Why? Well, because they were paying me $7 an hour. Well, not because I said I'm too good. It's because uh, I need the money. And I wasn't worth anything else. I wasn't done with college yet. What, what, how smart was I? Not. So this man got up, put everything together, took his sign, right, that said, you know, give me money or whatever, put it in the back of his backpack, put his backpack on and went to work. Somehow he came up with a trash bag, one of the, the bags uh, you know, that you get for 10 cents. Stupid. Grabs his bag. And when I come out, because I hadn't seen him, it's been a few minutes. I was like, oh, it's been like 15 minutes. Where is he? So I came out to make sure, you know, he was working or where he was, what he was doing. And I see him and he has a trash bag that's full, like three quarters full. The little grocery bag. And he's inside of the bushes and he's picking up trash and he's picking up cans, whatever else. And he came over to me and he said, when I gave him his $5, because he did an amazing job. And I told him, I said, you did a great job. And his eyes looked at me and I said, thank you. He, you guys, do you realize what you do to a human soul? If you're a senior and you're stuck in a position to where you have to go back to work, you need to understand there is no shame in it. Of course it didn't work out as you thought it was going to. Do you think this young man when he was in the fourth grade uh, said, hey, I can't wait to be a homeless guy when I'm 58 years old? Uh, Really? Things don't always work out. Count your blessings. Figure out, hey, listen, if $900 that I'm receiving in social security isn't enough for a thousand dollar per month rent, then I have to move. I have to move and rent a room. I have to move to a place where I can get an apartment for $400 a month. Most of the country you can receive, you can get a a one bedroom apartment for four or $500 a month. Easy. Yes. It's not in the middle of, you know, wonderful weather, downtown LA or whatever, but somehow 
you have to make adjustments in your life. This man had pride. Maybe it was only for the, for the half an hour or 15 minutes that he was working. Or maybe not. He had somebody that believed in him. You guys, you've worked too hard for your retirement accounts. Don't let the broker be the only one who's making money. And if they're not calling you now and saying, maybe we should sell half, maybe we should take all of it, maybe we should put some of it. And if they're not doing that, when the market's near record all-time highs, and you know, of course it goes up and down, then you've got to ask yourself, when am I supposed to sell? If we are at record all-time highs, if I've made X percentage, there's probably never going to be a time to sell. You realize that? It's never going to happen. If it isn't now, it's not going to happen because their job is to not make you... Uh, to keep you from being broke. Their job is to keep your money. Our job is to keep you from going broke. Our job is to help you have guarantees and security. Total Financial Solutions. That's our number. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Thanks for listening to me, Arif Hallaby, on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. Retired comfortably Thanks to Arab Halaby Now every dollar's got a job to do Arab makes your money work for you Learn about financial power The total financial hour Learn about financial power The total financial hour Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.